0: Red Pill Torah, calling believers from man's institutions to God's instructions. We have more to say about Elohim's deliverance. I'm Tim. And I'm Miss.
1: The Father gave us pictures of His deliverance in the Torah. He told us the end in the beginning. Let's talk about it.
0: If you didn't know, the Torah is the first five books of the Bible. Understanding and believing the Torah gives context to the rest of the Bible. You can email us at redpiltora at gmail.com. Find us at our website, www.redpiltora.com. Follow us on redpiltora.podbean.com, on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, YouTube, or wherever you hear your favorite podcasts. We love to hear from you.
1: And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And a big shalom to our friends in California and Chile. Listen out for Red Torah on a radio station near you.
0: In our last podcast, we talked about examples of Elohim's ways to deliver us, His people. The context for our discussion was looking at how He delivered His people in the past and comparing that to how He will deliver us in the future. Our podcast, entitled Episode 113, Living in Circles, talks about the way history repeats itself. Please, check out that Episode 113 when you can.
1: One of the derech, or ways, of our Elohim is to teach us through repetition. Consider his calendar of events described in Leviticus 23. Yehovah Elohim described seven times in the year when he wants his people to be rehearsing and doing specific actions together as a people. Between the day Yeshua was executed by the Roman government and the tenth day after he ascended into heaven. Yeshua did some historic things. Mm-hmm. He was killed on the day known as Passover while the Passover lambs were being killed and prepared as they had been for centuries. He rose from the dead on first fruits, another holy day mentioned in Leviticus 23. He appeared to his followers during the Feast of Unleavened Bread, teaching them his pure doctrine without any sin, false doctrine, death, or anything symbolized by leaven or yeast.
0: John 14, 15, and chapter 16, record where Yeshua promised to send the Comforter to his followers. John chapter 16, verses 7 and 8 says, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I don't go away, the Comforter will not come to you. However, if I do go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will show that the world is wrong about sin, about righteousness, and about judgment. Verse 13 says, When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own initiative, but will say only what he hears. He will also announce to you the events of the future. Ten days after Yeshua ascended into the heavens was the holy time called Shavuot. We know it as Pentecost Sunday. Here are some questions for you to consider. Now, why would Elohim institute these holy times thousands of years before Yeshua? Was it a coincidence that Yeshua did something special during each of these holy times? Do you believe that Yeshua
1: will return? If you do believe he will return and you know from Scripture that he did something special on each of the first four holy times, could the last three holy times have something to do with Yeshua's return? Could the pattern of the first four holy days tell us anything about the last three holy days? If so, What should you be doing on those holy days? Remember that Yeshua's return is promised for the end times. Also, remember that we have patterns of Elohim's deliverance that Yeshua related to the end times. For example, Yeshua said, Remember as it was in the day of Noah, so will it be at the return of the Son of Man. Yeshua made the same statement about the days of Lot. If you missed episode 158, God's ways to deliver us? Please go back and listen to it. That will give you more context for today's discussion.
0: We hope to talk more about Elohim's holy times in the coming weeks. Now's a really good time to prepare, so we just wanted to plant the seeds. Listen to the Comforter, who will tell us of things to come, and do what He says. Now we have two more models of Elohim's deliverance to talk about. The first one is Joseph. The Bible records, that he was despised by his brothers and sold into slavery. Eventually, he became the second in command to Pharaoh, the human ruler of the known world. Joseph's position of authority allowed him to protect and provide for his family during a really devastating famine. Like the stories of Noah and Lot, Joseph's story involved deliverance from a grave situation brought about by Elohim himself. Remember, Elohim brought about the flood and he destroyed the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah.
1: Mm -hmm. Genesis 41 verse 25 tells us that after Pharaoh told Joseph about his dream, Joseph said, Elohim has showed Pharaoh what he or Elohim is about to do. Elohim was behind the famine and he would use Joseph to deliver his people from starvation. As we know, Joseph eventually died at a ripe old age Exodus chapter 1 verse 8 tells us that a new king came to power in Egypt who did not know Joseph His disposition towards the people of Israel was not favorable.
0: Mama Do you see a distinct message to believers in this model of deliverance? I
1: do daddy, and I bet our listeners see it, too Over history the father raised up many human leaders who were used to provide comfort to his people in some way These included benefactors in the Holocaust who shielded Jewish people from slaughter, like Oscar Schindler. Some were rulers on a larger scale, like Cyrus, the Persian king who supported the reconstruction of the temple. Or Richard Nixon, the 37th president of the United States, who helped the fledgling Israel army when they were faced with destruction during the Yom Kippur War. And let's not forget Queen Esther. Well, Daddy, we could go on and on with examples of people who were put in leadership to accomplish the deliverance of Elohim's people.
0: Our point is that this deliverance is temporary, lasting as long as the influence of that leader lasts. When the benevolent leader's influence ends, we often see a time of persecution. In these last days, maybe some of our listeners will be in positions to deliver Elohim's people in various ways, or maybe some of our listeners may need a Joseph. In either case, we need to enjoy and be grateful for these righteous people knowing that hard times are coming, according to Bible prophecy. Now that prophecy speaks of oppression on a global scale. It does not foretell benevolent leadership until the return of the Messiah. If you can be a Joseph to anyone, please do it as long as you can. If you have a Joseph in your life, bless and pray for them, and use that time wisely.
1: The last model of Elohim's deliverance we want to discuss is the exodus of Israel from Egypt and their journey to the Promised Land. Most of the scriptures in the Torah tell the amazing story of Israel's journey. For Israel the deliverance was a journey, a process of learning through experiences, preparation, growing in faith, and living the covenant day by day. Do you wonder what Israel's journey has to do with Elohim's deliverance in the last days? First Corinthians chapter 10 starts off mentioning examples from the Torah. The examples include our forefathers passing through the sea, being baptized with Moses in the sea, consuming supernatural food and water, being overthrown in the wilderness, idol worship, fornication, being attacked by snakes, murmuring, and on and on. Clearly, this scripture is talking about the journeys of Israel going from Egypt to the promised land. 1 Corinthians 10, verses 11 and 12 saying, These things happened to them as a warning to us. All this was written in the scripture to teach us who are living in the last days. Therefore, let anyone who thinks he is standing up be careful not to fall. In other words, don't think that you're somewhat better than they are.
0: The deliverance of Elohim is a key theme in the story of Israel. If this history was recorded to teach the end-time believers, then that means that we must learn about Elohim's deliverance in the end times Mm -hmm. by studying the Torah, God's instructions. Believers who think the Torah or the Old Testament is done away with are missing vital end-time lessons. Miss, let's talk about some of those vital lessons.
1: Okay. There is an awesome picture of the Messiah in the Red Sea Crossing, and we see it most clearly when we look at the Hebrew Scriptures. In Exodus 14, verse 13, the people of Israel were panicking because the Red Sea was in front of them and Egypt's army was approaching from the rear. Part of Moshe's response to them was, "Heat yatzevu ureu et Yeshua Yehovah." In English, that means, "Stand still and see the Yeshua or the salvation of Yehovah." When the people of Elohim are in trouble, we need to calm ourselves and look to Yeshua, the salvation of Yehovah. If we didn't know that Yeshua's name means Yehovah's salvation, we would totally miss that hidden reference to our Messiah. That's why we prefer to not call him by the Greco-Romanized name, Jesus. We mean no offense to any believer, we're just so excited to know the Savior's actual name and what his actual name means. It makes me wonder, why change his name from Yeshua to Jesus in the translated scriptures? I mean, Yeshua isn't hard to pronounce. It's not hard to spell, nor is it hard to understand. Maybe that's a question for another episode.
0: Yeah, Mama, that is a good question, though. Yeshua, Yehovah's salvation, is part of each story of deliverance. We also see the importance of locations or places in these stories of deliverance. For Noah, the place was the ark. Every other place was unsafe. For Lot, the place was outside of and away from Sodom. Lot had to go out of there to be delivered. In Joseph's story, his father Jacob was concerned about going to Egypt, the temporary place of deliverance. Genesis 46, starting at verse 2 says, In a vision at night, Elohim called to Israel, Jacob, Jacob. He answered, Here I am. Elohim said, I am Elohim, the Elohim of your father. Don't be afraid to go down to Egypt. It is there that I will make you a great nation. Not only will I go down with you to Egypt, but I will also bring you back here again, after Joseph has closed your eyes. So Jacob left Beersheba. The sons of Israel brought Jacob, their father, their little ones, and their wives in the wagons Pharaoh had sent to carry them. So, Mama, if Jacob had stayed where he was, he would not have received Jehovah's salvation. We all know that the story of Israel in the Torah is about leaving Egypt for another place, the promised land. So, what would you do if you discovered
1: that the way you live your life and some of your beliefs were out of line with God's instructions? Would you take the blue pill and make plans to stay put for the long haul?
0: Or, would you take the red pill and be ready to go wherever Yehovah's deliverance requires you to go? Only you can answer that question. We have an appointment in Jerusalem. Elohim will be there, and his Messiah will rule from there. Where else would we want to be?
1: Well, that's all we have time for today. Please read over the scriptures we shared and discuss them with a friend. Thanks for spending 15 or so minutes with us at Red Pill Tour, where...
0: You can handle the truth.